0: You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast. A proud member
1: of the Canadian Football Podcast Network.
0: You're a hell of a two-stepper.
1: Yeah, I did that this weekend.
0: I give you that. You are one of the best two-steppers I have ever seen. Travis Curra, Brazilian Tie, the two and out CFL podcast. I must say that I actually just got back into the building about 10 minutes after taking a brewery tour here in Red Deer. So this is probably the last thing I should be doing, Brazilian Tie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I've made some really bad choices after, after a couple of breweries. Yeah. Um, I, I can't wait to see how this gets edited. Uh,
0: I might just not edit it.
1: <laughs> that might be even better. I'm
0: just going to put it up. I, I do have this marked down as the show opened because this is, I think, massive news. So the Eskimos and the Riders had the first CFL preseason game just on Sunday in May. Yes, I know it's quite crazy, but I heard a rumor that There is a Ukrainian hot dog available at Commonwealth Stadium. On the bun, you have some kubasa and some mini pierogies. I asked the Eskimos to confirm this. They have confirmed it along with confirming that there's going to be a number of other food surprises come June 22nd, the home opener at Commonwealth Stadium. I would like to see other stadiums unveiling new food every single season. This is an underrated part of going to the stadium.
1: It might be one of the best parts.
0: Well, yes, but it's not – it doesn't change from year to year. I would like it to change year to year, at
1: least something new. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It would be – Nice to have a new menu item or two every year. But, um, you know, looking at this, just all I all I heard was Ukrainian hot dog and pierogies. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have one of those every game.
0: What do you put on that? Just sour cream?
1: Oh, gross.
0: <laughs> oh, you, you don't like sour cream? You don't like no, gravy? What do you like? Fried onions. So you just put some fried onions, some sauce, some pierogies on a bun, and you're good to go.
1: And salt. Don't forget the salt.
0: <laughs> well, I'm delson mine in sour cream.
1: I tell you that well, much. Well, th- this might rival the boomstick in Texas, that two-foot-long hot dog.
0: Yes. The ballparks and all the stadiums in the States, they unveil like new things every year. I would love to see that come to Canada.
1: Yeah, it would be unreal. Don't get me wrong. I, I tried to eat two dozen pierogies the last time I went to a Ryder game, and it— It can't be done. Okay. Challenge accepted. Not not, not in plus 30. Yeah, that wears you down. (laughs) It gets a little tricky after that.
0: Challenge accepted, though. I will be there June 30th, Riders and Alouettes, and I'm going to crush two dozen (laughs) pierogies.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) Like, I, I eat 11... Or 12 homemade pierogies and half a ring of kubasa, and I feel ill for a day, but it's totally worth it.
0: When you when you add the half a ring of kubasa in there, that's a whole different game, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> fair. How many
0: Ukrainian listeners do we have to this? I'm tired of talking about food. Let's get to the football. In the Huddle with Karan Tai on the 2 and Out podcast. Yes, the aforementioned game. We actually have a game to talk about. The Riders and the Eskimos. Eskimos win that one 35-12. I'm going to try the Ukrainian hot dog June 22nd. It's the Eskimos' home opener. I think it's against Johnny Manziel and the Tiger Cats, but let's talk about this game here. The Eskimos, you know, on the surface, they released Trayvon Trayvon Van. They ended up releasing Ladarius Perkins, so I kind of wondered man, they must have something up their sleeve when it comes to running backs, and that they do, and they proved it on Sunday.
1: Yeah, they had three guys with more. Well, I mean, they had, what, four, eight, nine guys that ran the ball. Um, So it was pretty split up, trying to get everybody some looks. Uh, Jordan Robinson looked really good, three for 47. Uh, Shaquille Cooper, four carries for 36 and a touchdown. Uh, C.J. Gable, four carries, 20 yards, average five yards carry, and touchdown. Like, I mean, this kid, this guy picked up right where he left off last year. I know it's only preseason. We don't want to look too into it. Uh, the Riders did leave a lot of guys at home, but uh, the release of Perkins and Van isn't looking so bad right now.
0: I think the Eskies are going to have – well, they already do. I think they've proved it. They have some depth in the rushing game, and I think the – passing game is going to look a lot different this year and of course it is there's no Darius Bowman there's no Brandon Zilstra but we're going to see a bigger role, role from uh, Duke Williams who last year and who knows how much time he would have seen last year but the Eskimos had injury after injury after injury he had to play but he's lost himself what about 13 pounds already he's looking slimmer and he's Big as it is, I like the role, and I think he's going to be playing a lot bigger role this year, but so is Kenny Stafford, and they already showed it this week. He didn't play much. He didn't need to, uh, but he had two catches for 20 yards. He had a rushing play as well, and it's good to see because over the last few years, since he won the Great Cup with Edmonton in 2015, it's kind of been a rough journey for Kenny Stafford, and good on him. For sticking in there and he might be having himself another big year for the Eskimos. He's only twenty-eight years old. He's probably in his physical prime, and there's a spot for him in Edmonton. He might be having a nice season.
1: Oh, absolutely. And they have to replace the yards lost by yeah, Zylstra and Adarius Bowman. So for that to happen, guys are gonna have to step up. And like you said, Duke Williams coming into camp way lighter. Uh, you know, he wants he still wants to cut a little bit of weight. Um, you know, get down to a playing weight to start the year. Uh, Darrell Walker is going to be here for all 18 games, barring an injury, and he's—you know—he's going to have a big year. He always does when he's uh, in the CFL. So, you know, they've—they've they've got three guys right now that have a chance to all go over a thousand yards if everything kind of works out for them. Um, you know, it, it'd be a lot to ask for Kenny Stafford after the years that he's had after he left Edmonton, but come back with with the offense that's in Edmonton with Mike Riley, there, there is a chance that they could have three 1,000-yard receivers.
0: And back in 2015, he was kind of that deep threat. He was the guy that would mm-hmm. get behind coverage and make the big play, and we could be seeing that again from him this year. As for the Riders, hardly any starters were seen in this game at all, especially at the quarterback spot. So if anybody thinks there's a battle between Caleros and Bridge, I really don't think there is. It has to be. Caleros with the amount of money they're paying him. If it was a battle, they would have both seen time in this game, but they start with David Watford, who they must be really high on. He is a massive guy. The guy looks like he could play probably defensive end. I would not want to mess (laughs) with that quarterback, and it's crazy how quickly things change in the Canadian Football League. Last year, they bring in Marquise Williams. He's from North Carolina. He broke all of Darian Durant's records, so you kind of thought, hey, maybe is this going to be lightning in a bottle again? Are they going to get another franchise quarterback from North Carolina? But he ends up getting released after this game. He didn't see that much action. But David Watford, they're really high on him. He ah, His accuracy left something to be desired in this game. But they gave him a lot of time, and he's a
1: big, big quarterback. Oh, and, you know, if you're tall and you can see over that offensive line that it's more of an advantage to you. Um, When you look at guys like Kevin Glenn and Doug Flutie, for example, who, you know, they have to roll out, they have to scramble. Um, You know, it makes it hard on the offensive line, but if you can see over them and stay in the pocket, it's way easier. Um, You know, there's really only one quarterback position that guys are going to be battling for in Saskatchewan, and that's the third string spot. And, I mean, your highest – Watford did have the highest uh, completion rating at 47.1, so nobody really looked – Spectacular in this game. Like they had, you know, locked down that uh, third string spot. So uh, I think that, you know, Chris Jones is going to have to take a look at guys, well, at least at Daniels and Watford now with Williams being released. And he's going to have to make a decision at some point to get that third string quarterback because. Uh, the first two spots are spoken for.
0: Yeah, obviously they're really high on B.J. Daniels as well because the Riders make four releases after the game. We have a defensive lineman, Justin Horton, running back Josh McPherson. Marquise Williams, the quarterback, ends up getting released, and D.B. Sam Williams as well, who saw some time last year Made some big hits, but sometimes caught out of position here and there. So that shows B.J. Daniels, David Watford. They're really high on these guys, but they also end up signing Trey Mason. Used to play for the St. Louis Rams, as did Zach Stacy. And we had this chat over text message, I think, over the weekend. I'm really curious to see what Jerome Messam's future is with the Saskatchewan Roughriders i would not be shocked if he's not with the team in the next month or so where do you sit on this
1: my only question is do we have the canadian depth to not have messam start
0: And if they're going linebacker or middle linebacker, and they're going Canadian at that spot, we saw in this game Sam Hurl whiffed on a 30-yard touchdown
1: run. It's Sam Hurl or Cameron Judge.
0: And Judge had a big hit in the preseason game. I don't know if that's what they want to do. but
1: I I don't have a lot of faith in either one of those two right now. So if you're not going to start messing, you better have a plan because the Canadian depth right now isn't where it needs to be so without Messam, you're going to leave a big hole somewhere on the defensive side of the ball especially, and that could get exploited, and then we're going to be right back to square one.
0: And I just don't know what the Riders are doing with the running back spot because
1: they've I got I don't some, think they know what they're doing.
0: They've got some good international talent there. Marcus Thigpen, Zach Stacy, Trey Mason, and from all reports at camp, it looks like he has not lost a step at all, he's only 24 years old Messam does not come cheap he's 33 years old and there's not really a viable Canadian backup for him
1: No, and that's another problem if if you're going to have Messam starting you need to have uh, somebody on the offense, it doesn't necessarily have to be your running back, it's got to be somebody you can plug in if Messam goes down for a series Um, because you have to keep the ratio the same so you need to be able to to do that, and I, I, I just don't know where that depth is going to come from. So I get it doesn't really matter what they, whether or not they start him. The, the depth is still going to be a question. Um, you know, if if they do end up releasing him, like you, like you kind of were talking about uh, this past weekend, um, and a lot, lot to do with it is money. Um, I'll I'll grant you that. But if they do end up releasing him, I think it'll take some headache away. Um, from the coaching staff trying to make sure they got guys to fit in, because then they'll just be this is what we've got and this is what we're going to go with. It's not going to throw a wrench in their plans if Messam goes down. But he he still got it. Um, you know, you don't want to get rid of a guy who can still play the game. But that being said, Calgary didn't didn't keep him for a reason. Maybe they know something nobody else does. So it, I really want to disagree with you and say he's going to be he's going to be a rider all year, but. It, the more and more you look at the depth charts and training camp and everything like that, it just I, I don't know if he's gonna be here the whole year.
0: I just I would not be th- surprised either way. Fig looked really good in the game. Um mm-hmm. the reports are saying Stacy is getting better and better at blocking and like I said, they bring in Trey Mason as well. So there's three capable running backs right there. they two of them are on the right side of thirty Um, Fig Pen isn't, and I I like Messam. I I like the flexibility it brings as well. Maybe they're going to go with the two-headed monster and flip things in there and maybe start Rob Begg and Devin Bailey. Who knows what they're going to do because Deron Carter, I'll be honest, I thought he looked really good on defense and better than he did last year when they had him on that side of the ball. He
1: had three huge hits.
0: He looked a lot more comfortable getting into the dirty stuff last year. Kind to me, it looked kind of awkward when he tried to make hits. But this time around, it looked awesome.
1: I I kind of felt sorry for Deron Kreiner. It's like he was getting picked on. (laughs) He never got a chance to make a play.
0: Yeah, because Deron was there looking good. Deron was right
1: there, and and uh, you know he was interviewed before the game, and you know just wants to be saying oh everybody thinks that receivers are prima donnas and i just want to prove them wrong i'm going to he he wants to hit he wants to play defense he wants to he wants to lay the boom instead of being the one getting hit so it's it's nice to see it it scares me still um you know he's paid to catch the ball not to play defense but i guess if he's going to play two way if he stays healthy then i'm an idiot um if <laughs> if he gets hurt on defense well, then it's going to be like well you know he didn't have to be there but the The defensive back depth still isn't there for this for that team. So, I mean, it is what it is right now. I don't like it. It is what it is.
0: Back to the Eskimos. Uh, Mike Riley did what he did. Two drives, two touchdowns. They are going to be a team on a mission. Uh, Mike Riley, being the guy that he is, he is going to do everything he can to be in that Grey Cup game in November. And <laughs> it's going to be really tough to stop them. Zach Klein looked good and he played in the preseason last year as well and has shown a lot of promise for the Eskimos. He's gonna see more time this Friday for them, and it looks like they might have a good third stringer there in Zach Klein.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, you if you're if your third stringer's coming in, um, you know your team is probably in trouble. However, uh, Zach Klein is a very capable third-string quarterback. Um, he proved it. Every every time he plays, he seems to you know, a decent completion rating, gets some yards. Uh, he didn't throw for a touchdown. Granted, he only threw three attempts, but, I mean, he looks good. Um, he passes the eye test. Whether or not Jason Moss is going to take my word for it or not is another <laughs> thing to be discussed. But,
0: Let alone let's call him.
1: <laughs> oh, he might get angry and start throwing stuff for think that we want him to call a field goal. But um like yeah, your third string's not going to get a lot of time other but if as long as he can secure the ball when he's called upon, it they'll be fine.
0: And back to those rough riders. This is this isn't as much on the field stuff, but off the field back Well, it's five years ago now. The Grey Cup happened in Regina. The Riders won it on home field, but a few years and up to the Grey Cup, they put in some temporary seating just basically to prop up Mosaic Stadium for the last few years before it Mm -hmm. really (laughs) fall apart. And... Now the Grey Cup Legacy Project is complete. They have donated seats to seven communities across Saskatchewan. So there are some communities in Saskatchewan. They're going to have some pretty sweet seating arrangements, and it does so much for grassroots football in the province.
1: Absolutely, Uh, you know. Without grassroots, you know, kids are going to just be coming into high school and not have a lick of football. Experience, um, you know, without it, it's really tough. Like in three years, to to turn it around and become, uh, you know, a college player, especially in the high school we went to, grade tens didn't play. Yeah, unless you were on un- unless you were unreal. So I mean, gra- grassroots does need a leg up. Um, you know, it, it, it's football's not that cheap of a sport, but it's not the most expensive. Um, you know, there's still lots of equipment, and you still need the field time and coaches, and you got to travel. Uh, depending on where you are, um, so you know, just to give them a leg up, you know, and especially with it being uh, like Grey Cup seats and you know all that stuff, it just makes it more of a, a province initiative and a. Pro- it makes it more of an like an event, like a. It's almost like a piece of memorabilia that you actually get to keep using, which I think is pretty cool. Um, much like when you were able to get the old seats out of Commonwealth, I know a buddy of ours still has his. Uh, two seats, Um, you know, it's just a nice thing to have and a great thing for them to do for communities across the province.
0: Yeah, and it's called the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, not the Regina Rough Riders, kind of like the Lions Mm -hmm. are B.C., not Vancouver. Are they doing the same by crashing an aqua fit (laughs) class?
1: My mom mom brought this up today at supper.
0: So your mom saw
1: this? I, I was like, okay, wait. Now you're watching CFL videos? She's like, well, no, it came on my Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, right. For for somebody who doesn't pay attention to sports. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this thing went crazy and oh. my my wife loves uh odell willis
1: and she, who doesn't
0: yeah i i agree I, I feel bad for her she's an eskimo fan she's sad that he's not on the eskies anymore but she follows him on snapchat and he's on there basically calling his teammates a bunch of assholes for <laughs> for crashing this poor Aquafit class but Maybe this is what the Lions are trying to do. They got to do the AquaFit tour to get BC's attention.
1: Oh, some of the some of the older ladies were pissed. Oh, but some of them must have been loving it. Wow, I mean, maybe some of them uh, don't mind the athletic build.
0: (laughs) I don't know. If If, if if you catch my drift, it would have been different if like if it was just old linemen. They'd be like, "What is going on here?" But you get (laughs) a couple receivers in there.
1: They could at least have, like, there was a couple guys that were so bad. (laughs) Okay. I don't even look that bad on the dance floor.
0: Let's do the two-and-out aqua in gray cup and see how well we do.
1: I don't think I could do it. You're a
0: hell of a two-stepper.
1: Yeah, I did that this weekend.
0: I give you that. (laughs) You are one of the best two-steppers I have
1: ever seen. Are you trying to hit on me? (laughs)
0: Take that for what you will, man. But (laughs) we'll see if the Lions uh, make something out of this. Hopefully they get some more butts in the seats because I know that home opener, they got a sick deal. Like two tickets, two beers, like 65
1: bucks. How do you pass that up? That's worth the flight, man. (laughs) You can't go to a movie for that. No, but uh, going back to them crashing that aquafit class—that's a great team builder, you know. No with, with so many new guys, with so many new guys in camp, they're going to need stuff like that. Um, you know, y- y- your football team becomes your family for six months, so uh, it's nice to see that everybody's getting along for the time being. Um, you know, they—they they haven't started fighting yet, so that'll come. Yeah, but, uh, just
0: look at Eskimo's <laughs> practice and Ryder practice—they
1: were fighting. Yeah, and you know that, that that happens every year at Christmas at my house, so I wouldn't expect it <laughs> any different at a training camp.
0: Yeah, who says families need to get along?
1: Yeah, I don't get along with my family. I put up with my family.
0: <laughs> but it's when you are lining up against this guy, and you're trying mm-hmm. to get a job, and you're smashing mm-hmm. into each other, we're, what, 10
1: days into camp? Oh yeah, yep. there's
0: going to be some fights.
1: It's not really news, oh. to be honest. Absolutely. And when Grandpa keeps cheating at Monopoly, you're going to throw the board at him. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> I. <laughs> but yeah, like you're a guy, you're going to punch a guy in the mouth, and you got to expect to get it right back. You know, you're you're hitting the hell out of each other for three, four weeks just to try to get it, and you, a job you might not even get. Yeah. So tempers exactly. are going to boil over. I have, I have zero issue with it because after that. A lot of guys have no problem with each other. It, it gets—it's like uh, Festivus. You're airing the grievances, feats of strength. It's done. It's over. Move on.
0: So let's talk about last week. The Canadian Football League did a media poll, and this year, oh goody! <laughs> this year they included podcasts, and I was on holidays, and I said, "Hey, Ty, the deadline's this Monday at midnight or whatever." You want to fill out this survey, and we'll see what comes of it. Well, the CFL, they've used this, I think, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, made a graphic with Zach Caleros, and I believe the uh, the question was, what was the biggest move this offseason? And you went with Zach Caleros to the Rough Riders, and your quote in the graphic, it says, it's a quarterback league. And with Roosevelt, Carter, Begg, and Grant... Claros will have a shot to have an unreal season in the air well (laughs) who sees this but Chad Owens of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders he comments (laughs) on um, Instagram with the comment hashtag motivation so now you got Chad Owens pissed off at you
1: prove me wrong because what did he, what has he done the last 2 years other than get hurt
0: Hey man <laughs> I'm staying out of this <laughs> <laughs> How many games did he play last year
1: uh, That is a great I can look that up in about 2 seconds I didn't know we were going here
0: But he is 36 years old and he got into mm-hmm. 3 games during last year's regular season
1: Yeah In those three
0: games, he had 17 catches for 235 yards and a touchdown. So in three games, that's pretty good. The year before, he had 12. Before that, 13. 11 before that. He hasn't played 18 games or even 17 for that matter. Yeah, six years. So he's 36 years old. He's getting banged up here and there. If your quote gives him motivation Heading into this season,
1: Zach Kolaros might even have it a better year. Oh, I, I hope I hope it I hope it pans out that way. I just don't have a lot of faith right now that Chad Owens will stay healthy for the entire year. So that, and I kind of forgot to add him to the list, but, uh, you know, he played three games. He looked really good. averaged, you, did. you know, he averaged, what, 70, 80 yards, just under 80 yards a game. Um, so you know, averaged just under 14 yards a catch, had one touchdown. I mean, those aren't terrible numbers if you extrapolate them, but you know, he needs to prove it that he can stay on the field. And that until he does that, I don't. It's not going to be a big in, or a big factor in this offense.
0: Yeah, I hope he is. I am a fan of the Flying Hawaiian. He's been great for the Canadian Football League in oh, those years. That he's, yeah, those years that he spent in Toronto, it felt like he was getting the ball. Just about mm-hmm. every play, whether it was through the air, it was rushing, it was special teams. He was an absolute monster in 2011 and 2012. He,
1: he can he can contribute to this team in other ways than his play. If he is hurt, um, you know he's he's such a good returner, or he was, um, you know, whoever whoever they're going to put in at returner, he can help. Yep. Um, as a de facto coach. On the sidelines helping guys look at video and what to do in certain situations so even if he's not on the field there's still ways he can help this team and like you said he he, can, he was still catching the ball in Toronto a lot too um, you know he was a real dual threat on offense and special teams so um, you know even if yeah if he's not on the field then I mean my quote doesn't look too bad but there no, are ways doesn't. he can help and if <laughs> if, he, if he is on the field well my quote looks I think my quote looks better because then Calaros has a chance to have an even better year
0: Watch him get about three rushes for thirty-five yards and six catches for one hundred and forty-two yards in week one.
1: <laughs> oh, and I think he's only like thirty-two hundred bucks. He's cheap in TSN fantasy, eh? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, for for now, we'll see what happens.
0: Hashtag motivation. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, Markway McDaniel. The news was that he uh, retired in the offseason. He had some. Some terrible words, in my opinion, after the Grey Cup in the locker room. Mm -hmm. It was almost like Calgary was forced to make some changes there. Their core couldn't get it done the last two years after dominating the regular season. But he's still got a job in football. He joins McMaster's coaching staff and sticking with the Stampeders. But Levi Mitchell has not seen all that much action this training camp, and they're not really speaking as to how much time he is going to see on Friday, if any, during uh, the first week here in the preseason. There were some rumblings last year that Bo Levi had a shoulder injury. And his stats last year were... They were pretty pedestrian. He still had... The wins, but it wasn't really the Bo Levi we had gotten used to of course there is a battle for the backup job in Calgary so they have to decide that but they're giving a limited workload to him as well so it looks like they're trying to take care of that arm of his
1: that's sounds well that, that sounds like a great plan to me um, you know you, you don't want to start him too much in the preseason. You know what I'm doing a lot? Um, You know, I equate it to a pitcher where early on in spring training, he's not throwing 100 pitches. You know, he's ramping up throughout spring training and then getting stretched out and pitches six, seven innings his last two starts. Uh, You know, if Levi's shoulder isn't quite where it needs to be, like everybody kind of speculating about, and we know what he is, he doesn't really need the reps, does he? Like, if if it's going to be a matter of him staying healthy for the season then i've i don't know why you why you'd start him in any one of these two games. You know
0: he's going to be your starter and
1: yeah, it's not even a it's not even a it's not even close to a competition. Yeah,
0: we we've seen quarterbacks treated like this in the past. If you want to talk NFL, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, they've got a month of preseason and those guys don't do anything. So this is nothing crazy but it does bring the question, is that is that shoulder
1: 100%? I don't think we'll ever get a clear answer.
0: I agree. They're close to the best on that one.
1: <clears throat> the only reason you get stuff like that in the NFL is because the NFL knows where its spread is buttered. They have to. And that's on the money. That's, you know why they have to? Money. <laughs> money. It's the money line and the spread. That's all it is or else we would never hear about it. So until that changes, which in the CFL I don't foresee it anytime soon, um, we're never going to get a clear answer from any of these teams on injuries unless it's season-ending.
0: And you know what? As fantasy continues to creep its way in to the Canadian game, whether it is with DraftKings or even TSN doing their own thing, I would like to see practice reports become a thing in the CFL because during the week, it's really quiet. They're... Is not much mm-hmm. going on. the The, the rider beat reporters are reporting on what's happening in practice. We have that luxury here in Alberta, but some of the other teams like Toronto and Montreal, uh, BC, we don't hear as much as what's going on at practice and who's practicing and who's looking banged up. I think that serves so many things. It, it gets the the game out there uh, into the news. Even more, I, I don't think it hurts anything to have those reports out and more readily available for everybody.
1: Oh, I, I 100% agree. You know, ec- exposure is the name of the game right now. Um, you know, you want to sell sell the game to, to, to the younger crowd, like we've been talking about for the last three or four years in this league. Um, and one way you can do that is with fantasy sports. Yep. Um, you know. I I only used to watch other games and that was it got into fantasy hockey now I watch everything um, you know same with NFL I'll watch I'll, I'll watch four games at once some mornings um, you know granted there's only one game on at a time with CFL but if you get the younger guys or the younger demographic playing uh, even if even though it's only weekly fantasy you know they're, they're gonna be more engaged uh, there's a better chance they might go to a game in their in their market um, you know and the exposure that they can get, from a team's beat reporter, practice reports, or you know anything coming that way is just better for everybody, really, in the league in general.
0: Out of Montreal, we get news that Josh Freeman retires, and basically, the Owls did him a favor. They allowed him to retire, or he was going to get cut. Uh, he did not look good in camp. He was struggling. He had been away for the game for a while and the Alouettes have been criticized for this move or putting their eggs in the Freeman basket, but I'm not quite sure they deserve it. What do you figure?
1: I am on the fence. I I know it's, that's terrible radio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> should they be criticized? Yes. Uh, you know, Josh Freeman, there is so many more options that They could have made uh, to bring into camp. He hasn't played a meaningful game in what three years, and when he did, he was awful. Um, you know, it was 2014, 2015 was his last year where he was a, a good, well, a, a serviceable quarterback. Um, there were so many other guys that they could have brought in. Taking looks at uh, Freeman's a name, so I get it. On the other hand, they tried. Uh, they haven't had a quarterback there since Calvillo left. And we talked about this last week. Everybody thought Crompton, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, you know, they needed to bring somebody in, having to be Josh Freeman. So it's six of one, half a dozen, the other, in my opinion.
0: And reports say that his salary was only going to be 70K. So he did not come with a big risk at all. Um,
1: other than throwing interceptions.
0: <laughs> I think the criticism is that that is the biggest splash you made.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. They probably, I don't even know who they could have dealt with uh, at the top of my head. Was Hamilton willing to let Manziel go? I, I, I don't know if they were, and Montreal probably should have tried to make a legitimate shot at him. But it looks like Drew Willie is going to be the guy heading into the season. He's going to be the number one guy heading into their preseason game coming up. Uh, what? That is today uh, against the Ottawa Red Blacks. So Drew Willie is their guy heading into the season. Um, he's got experience. I, I think Willie will be better than we all expect him to be as long as they can protect him. And the Alouettes. I think they've actually put together not the worst offensive line out there.
1: I've got experience at golf. Doesn't mean I'm any good at it. Okay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Travis.
0: Oh, you hate Drew Willie, don't you? I don't know why it's in my heart to defend Drew Willey. Uh,
1: Montreal is just such a dumpster fire still. Remember last year when we all thought they'd turn it around and then, you know, week 6 hit and it was all for naught. I don't think we're going to have to wait that long.
0: After they beat the Riders in week 1, then they were like, "Wait,
1: mm-hmm. is there mm-hmm. something here?" <laughs> and there wasn't.
0: There was not like at all.
1: Uh, it, it's he's going to yeah, he's going to start. They're going to go through three quarterbacks at some point this year. They need to figure this out. That needs to be Cavis Reed's one and only job. That's it. Don't worry about anything else. Find a quarterback for this team because it is embarrassing. The last couple of years, it's been a complete and utter dumpster fire, and it it's, it gets to the point where you can't even watch because it's so bad. And that means you're not you're missing on a quarter of the football games that week. Like it's embarrassing.
0: Uh, I wonder if. He tried to get in on the James Franklin sweepstakes.
1: I would hope he tried. I just don't think they had anything to give because <laughs> how much can you how many How much can you give up in a draft
0: That's a part of it and they wanted to stock up for that draft, and you know what? I think the Alouettes had a fine draft. They did stock up on mm-hmm. Canadian talent, and that's almost became a little bit of a strength for them they They've got some really big. Canadian names, I don't think they have the best depth out there. But yes, uh as a quarterback league, the, the five quarterbacks that they had in camp, it's not it's not good. They they should probably call smiling Hank. I know you're a big fan of him. And what is
1: he Oh, now? Hank the Shank. <laughs> 42 years old. He might like, be better than be what honest. they got. Montreal quarterback situation is 10th place in the CFL. <laughs> you think the
0: uh, Schooners have a better uh, <laughs> better handle on their quarterback situation?
1: Yeah, go to Mount Allison and pick any one of those quarterbacks. <laughs> like, come on. Figure this out. Like, I, I, I honestly thought that Darren Durant was going to have a good year. Me too. I'll be the first to admit that because I, I hated to see him leave Saskatchewan. I was never a Durant fault kind of guy. And then he did his season just took a nosedive. And after that, it was like, well, I thought he might have been the answer. A stopgap for a couple of years. It turns out he wasn't. And now we're back to Drew Willie again. And this team is just spinning its tires to the quarterback position.
0: So what Anthony Calvillo's last year was, what, 2013?
1: Hmm. Yeah, he only played seven games that year. He ended up... uh, Is that when he broke his sternum?
0: I think he got hurt against Saskatchewan uh, in that year, and he ended up, yeah, getting hurt, and that was the Mm -hmm. end for him. And since then, I feel like we should do a list of quarterbacks that have started games for the Alouettes
1: like that Cleveland Browns t-shirt.
0: Yeah, I think it's about a mile long. Okay, I'll look into it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that ready for next podcast. But well, to...
1: well, what I'll do is I'll find the best starting quarterback since Calvillo that they've had.
0: Oh my god, it might be Crompton.
1: Oh man, <laughs> it's gonna piss a lot of people off. I'm serious. It actually might oh, I'm, be. I'm not. I'm not even close. to Arguing with you. <laughs> So tonight we have the Montreal
0: Alouettes and the Ottawa Redblacks preseason football. Then tomorrow it's the Argos and the Ticats. Johnny Manziel is going to see his first snaps game action in the Canadian Football League. I wonder how long he's going to play. Maybe they give him a half of football.
1: They they might. I I think uh, you know June Jones will see him in actual game action. So. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets you know at least a half. Uh, you know he's not going to be starting week one. Uh, God forbid that Masoli goes down. So uh, you know the more the more they get to see him in, in live action, the better. Um, you know I, I hope all the best. I, I hope he you know he's he's able to make a contribution. I just don't see it in year one.
0: Yeah, there are. I I really hope they don't. They don't get trigger happy with Mazzoli maybe struggling in two games. That's what I'm worried about. And then put Manziel in just for the, mm-hmm. the the sexy factor, the hype factor. I really hope they don't do that. We do have three games tomorrow, though, including that one. Edmonton has Winnipeg. Edmonton wraps up their preseason already. And BC, Calgary. And then next week it's the final week of preseason, and... We're not far away from real football coming up on June 14th. Brazilian tie. Thanks for putting up with me this week.
1: No, thank you. It's been a stressful week for me, so at least you gave me a little bit of time to get ready here before we started.
0: All you got was 41 minutes of stress free fun, buddy.
1: I wouldn't call this fun. <laughs> Is it stress free at least? <laughs> Well, this part is, it's all the prep work you make me do. What? What did I make you do? (laughs) Okay, I'll send you the links. Okay. Okay. I want to see this proof. I'm kidding. I'm (laughs) kidding. Of course, this is fun. This is funner than the lawyers today. (laughs) Yeah. It only cost me $39,000. Holy crap! Well, I had to pay the down payment, too. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I miss all of tomorrow's games because I have to move. Uh, well, have
0: fun, and I don't have man. I have cable.
1: I will not be there. Yeah. We're only supposed to get an inch and a half of rain, so I'll have a blast, I'm sure. And at least it'll keep you cool, man.
0: Moving in the heat sucks. Oh, just the heat in general sucks. Yeah, you're totally right, buddy. We'll talk to you <laughs> next week. <laughs> Give us a rating and a subscription on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn. We're all over the place, so enjoy your two and out, whichever way, uh, where wherever it is sold, uh, you get what you pay for. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.
1: Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.